When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. Here at The Art of Charm, we may not have all the answers, but we certainly have some of the questions. And today on Fan Mail Friday, those questions come from you. If you're new to The Art of Charm podcast, Fan Mail Friday, it's not my favorite place to start because I think more, most of our content is more in-depth. It's a longer format. We got some great interviews there. It might be a better introduction to the show. That's just my opinion. So check out the best of at theartofcharm.com slash best or the fundamentals toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got fundamentals like body language, nonverbal communication, attraction, negotiation, networking, influence, persuasion, everything else that we teach here at The Art of Charm. And we can send all that to your inbox if you text charmed, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 here in the USA. Anywhere else, just go to theartofcharm.com. All right, let's cut to it. All right. Hello, Jordan. I just came across a blog post about avoiding jet lag, which basically says your body's clock is determined at least as much by when you eat as by when you sleep. I don't know if you heard this one before, but I was wondering what your take on it is and if you have any tips yourself. Since I'll be doing a boot camp in February and have to cross nine time zones to do so, I can use every one of them. Keep up the charming work, Patrick. Hey, Patrick, I've got some tips for you, my man. Uh, I travel a lot and I found a couple of big levers or big characteristics that feed into or help eliminate jet lag. And I I traveled to Australia, no jet lag, came back, no jet lag, and it involves a little bit, it just involves a little bit of discipline, plain and simple. First things first, eat at regular times. Hunger is also psychological. In fact, I think it's mostly psychological. Somebody who's really studied this stuff can correct me here. But uh, your body isn't necessarily telling you when you need food. If you feel hungry, a lot of it is just, oh, I'm used to eating right now, so feed me. So eat at regular times. Don't do that whole like, oh, it's 3 a.m. and I really want shawarma or like it's like me. Oh, it's 8 a.m. and I really want shawarma. Big fan of shawarma. Um, don't take any naps. That's probably the the first. I should have mentioned that even first because it's the most important. Don't take naps. People I know that get jet lag a lot, they they go, oh, it's 2 p.m. I'm just going to lay down for a half hour. I'm just going to lay down for two hours. And, or they go to bed at 6 p.m. and they think I'll just get up early and ease my way back into it. No. Push through it those first couple days. Sleep a full eight hours. Use an eye mask, earplugs, and just force it. Even if you just lay there wide the hell awake, stay away from caffeine after 4 p.m. That'll help you get to sleep. Don't uh, don't caffeinate at 8 and then try to go to bed. Get a good eye mask, good earplugs. Just force yourself to lay there. It can be a little miserable, but it's better than screwing up the rest of your week. And 90 minutes plus before bed, use blue blockers. And I'll link to some blue blockers in the show notes as well. I use uh, the Swanwick Sleep. They're 
stylish. I literally can wear them out if I'm out. And then I just come home and I'm sleepy because I'm not looking at blue screens and blue lights. And we'll link up to all this stuff in the show notes. And it's it's funny because usually I don't talk about things like this, but so many people ask me about jet lag and so many people that are really smart, educated folks don't really seem to have the habits that uh, that get rid of this. And I never have a problem with it. So if you follow these, I can't guarantee that you won't have a problem with it, but I can guarantee you'll be better off than somebody who eats whenever they want, takes naps whenever they want, and uh, and doesn't wear glasses and doesn't wear the blue blockers or, or doesn't obey some of these bedtime rules. All right, next. Jordan, I wanted to respond to your listener who had the boss that didn't listen and seemed dissatisfied at work. I was that boss at one time, and while I held a position over my employees, I didn't always have enough experience to know how to do the task I was asking them to do. I would rely on past successful projects or endeavors and just try to duplicate the results. I was also very insecure, so I tried to control everything so I could get exactly what I wanted instead of getting what I needed. It was tough at times, but I finally had some employees that were very tactful and respectful and helped me to see that there were many ways to solve the same problem. Here were two ways that they got to me. First, they did it both ways. The way I asked for the results and the way they recommended, but I couldn't see the final product the way they described it. Two, they reframed their approach and tried multiple ways to show me why what I wanted was not the best way and why their way was better. In either case, it built trust and I learned to listen to my employees. Keep trying, find a way that is tactful and respectful, and prove to your boss that you know what you're talking about. In the end, you'll be a better programmer and communicator for it. Thanks, Chris. Hey, Chris, cool to hear. It's really cool that you came through and admitted that that was actually you. This is probably the the best type of person to get advice from because you were on the receiving end of it and it wasn't comfortable and it worked really well, even though you didn't love it at the time. So I think this is really cool. Thanks, uh, Chris, for writing that in and being so vulnerable with us. All right, moving right along. Hi, Jordan. Big fan of the show. I appreciate all that you and the AOC family do. I had a question about personal perseverance. I'm an older student that returned to college, and I work as a leadership intern under the Student Affairs Department. In this position, I serve as the chair of a student planning committee that organizes and holds an annual leadership conference on campus. The problem I'm facing is motivation, both my own motivation as well as motivating the other students on the committee. Being a part of the community on campus, I've realized that there is a three- or four-year cycle on campus. At the peak of the cycle, it feels like everyone on campus wants to be engaged, connected, and enthusiastic. And at the trough, students aren't interested in very much at all. We just got past the peak of enthusiasm at my university. I'm a go-getter as well as a go-giver, so I thought my outlook would get me through rough times. But all this apathy is starting to have an effect on me. I'm having trouble keeping myself motivated about the work that the committee does. As a leadership intern, I'm not sure how to lead my group through a time where everyone seems uninterested. Even committee members seem to be not as engaged as other groups in the past. My question boils down to, How can you lead when you don't feel like it? What can I do on the days that I don't feel like being the leader? Thanks, Chaco. Hey, Chaco, there's a wider lesson here versus just being and staying motivated. So let's just go right on to that wider lesson. If you're not excited about it and other people are not, I just wonder what's keeping you around in this position. If the work itself is worthwhile, and you're the only one engaged or the only one motivated, then you, you can just push through. And uh, for here at AOC, for years, nobody really cared about the podcast other than me. And then when Jason came on, it was just me and Jason for a long time. Because it's not that people didn't like it or anything. It's just that they were running other elements of the business. It was the last thing on their mind. And I was pretty much handling it all myself until Jason got here. And the reason that we still exist is because I just love doing it. I found it so worthwhile. I found the mail coming in worthwhile. 
worthwhile. It was just fun. It was a lot of interesting things I was learning and doing. And so I just pushed through it. If you're not excited about it and you're not motivated, you got to ask yourself whether it's because you feel no one else is motivated or excited, or if you yourself have lost interest in the work. And if that's the case, then maybe the work isn't for you. Either that or you need to figure out how to protect your mind from others that might drag you down, make sure you've got enough autonomy to do the work that you find valuable without a bunch of anchors attached. You know, if the bureaucracy is killing you, you gotta figure out how to navigate around that or just do whatever and uh, you know ask for forgiveness later. And in the end, you can't continually motivate people to care about something that they just don't care about anymore and uh, you can't motivate them to do work they no longer want to do. If this were a corporation, those people would probably be on the chopping block. Since you work for a public institution, there might just be a little bit more tolerance for not giving a rat's butt about what they're doing, but if this were the private sector, uh, I'd like to think those people would be gone a long time ago and I know I'm going to get a bunch of emails like, I work for this company and we always have those folks. It's it's Maybe it's inherent to large organizations in general, so I think it might just be time for you to move. But think about what you are interested in and why you aren't doing it. Don't worry about getting everybody else excited. That's really not your job. All right, next up. Hi, Jordan. I added AOC to my podcast subscription a few months ago and have thoroughly enjoyed every episode since. I'm a 29-year-old small business owner and feel like I just had the best year of my life. I've done a ton of self-improvement over the last 12 months and really focused on my business. I'm in the best shape of my life and really believe I'm in my prime. This improvement period was triggered by a failed relationship a little over a year ago. I was engaged for two years and in the relationship for four. When it ended, I buckled down and focused on being a better me. I've always been the type of guy who is very family-oriented. I love kids and always saw myself being a father someday. Over the last year, I've thought of this deeply and came to the terms with the fact that I might not want it anymore. I'm not ruling it out, but I understand that it might just not be in the cards for me. This realization has also made me think of my future relationship path as well, and that maybe traditional marriage might not be the best thing for me. I met a woman via online dating a few weeks ago. She is incredible. Literally everything I want in a partner. We've moved very quickly in the little bit of time we've known each other, and I'm aware that it's more the honeymoon phase than I probably realize. We agree on everything from religion to politics to what we both want out of a significant other. I could go on for an entire email about the compatibility, but just take my word for it. She seems too good to be true. I feel like I should add that when we met, it was the longest I've gone without being in a relationship. I've had a lot of girlfriends in the past, some short term and some long term, but never a great length of time between. My conflict is this. I put myself in check this week and really thought about if it's fair to her to even pursue this further. I have plans to up and leave for a month this winter and live in another state. It's a spontaneous thought I had right before I met this girl, and I feel like it would be a great adventure. Is it wrong that I feel like having a girlfriend and wanting a lifestyle such as this where I can be super selfish? I know there should be compromise in any relationship, but I feel like having a girlfriend takes away from the selfish lifestyle that seems to be calling my name, and the selfish lifestyle takes away from being a good boyfriend to her. It's not just this one trip either. I love the idea of being able to do things like this more frequently in the future. I fish a lot and have tons of friends and family that live close that take up quite a bit of time. She and I had a long conversation about this tonight, and she was very understanding of my conflict. That being said, neither one of us could make any sense of it. I feel like I need to talk to a therapist or something to help me work through this dilemma. Any guidance would be much appreciated. Signed, Feeling Crazy and Conflicted. Hey, Feeling Crazy and Conflicted. I'll just uh, I'll just turn into your dad here for a second. You're too young to compromise in a relationship that doesn't even really exist yet. 
the scarcity mindset that you might or might not have, a, let me put it this way, a scarcity mindset says you'll never find someone like her if you blow it or if you wait, you'll, you know, you'll miss out. This is a trap. This, is, this mindset is a trap. You should do all the travel and all the crazy stuff you want or you'll have some regret and you'll have some FOMO, fear of missing out, and that FOMO and regret can poison your future relationships or make you gun-shy to commit when you actually want to and when you actually should. Now, you can absolutely find a partner who is cool with you going on long trips with or without them. For example, Jen, my fiance. Uh, and assistant here at AOC, she quit her job to work with me. She was an accountant before. It's not like, you know, she didn't have a career. She she basically stopped doing that. We travel all the time together. And you can find someone who can be like that for you or someone who's more independent if that's what you want and need. Don't settle for anything or anyone because of circumstances and timing. You're too young right now. You'll regret it. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data. And a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people because they're all gonna give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash charm. Just go to indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. 
You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Thanks for supporting and listening to The Art of Charm. And for a list of all of our sponsors and the discount codes associated therewith, visit theartofcharm.com slash advertisers. Now, back to Fan Mail Friday. All right, last but not least. Jordan, thank you so much for the amazing free content you create. I've been suggesting your show to friends, especially to the entrepreneurial guys. For some backstory, I've always had a bit of a hard time making friends. I'm very outgoing, so making connections with other people comes naturally to me. Those connections are just not turning into deeper friendships. I thought it was because I hadn't met other super smart, ambitious young people, and so I thought that would all change once I started the prestigious MBA program I'm currently in. Two and a half months after starting, I was sitting alone in my room on a Friday night while I heard a dinner party going on across the courtyard of my apartment building. I sat down and thought this through, and also talked to my roommate about it. I think there were two things that are going on here. First, I don't invite people to do things. And secondly, I've been a friendship snob. On inviting people to do things, this is a new habit for me because I've been in structured environments before where I would see the same people every day and form friendships that way. And when I didn't, I would tell myself it was because I hadn't met other super smart, ambitious young people. Building this new habit seems like a huge barrier to cross. You've said on AOC that you had to teach yourself social dynamics because you didn't get them, and I feel the same way. I've moved 10 times in the last seven years, including Germany, Greece, and the Middle East. I think this taught me, sometimes the hard way, how to build connections with other people pretty quickly, but on the other hand, I often felt out of place and didn't put the effort into deeper bonds since I knew I was leaving soon. Now, thinking of the effort that goes into reaching out to people daily and really fertilizing my friendship garden, creating a new way of navigating my day seems just really damn hard. I was hoping I was over learning the basics of forming relationships, but now know I neglected a pretty big part of social dynamics. As someone who's had to teach themselves these skills, I'm really hoping for words of encouragement here, that it's possible to build better habits and that 22 isn't too old to make such a big change successfully. And on being a friendship snob, yeah, I've been pretty judgmental. Basically, I would get to know people better and decide not to be friends with them for some minor reason. I think being a bit snooty may have helped me earlier in life, I am from a bad area, because it kept me focused on schoolwork, and now I'm literally light years ahead of my high school and college friends career-wise, but I've had the feeling now, at this top 10 MBA program, that I haven't met the right people. It seems like the only issue here is my standards, and they're unrealistic. Having the mentality that I'm so damn special may have helped my ego when I was younger, but now it's just driving a wedge between myself and what I want, which is deep bonds with other people. I'm not sure what the actual procedure or practice of switching from friendship scarcity mindset to a friendship abundance mindset looks like. This seems like a lot to change and I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. When I think of my life going forward without making these changes, that seems like a horrible existence that I don't want to have. The discomfort of that life is like 10 times the discomfort of making these big changes. But how do you not lose hope and keep your eye on the prize when you're making these big changes? Thank you, times a million. Signed, Looking to Go Deep. Hey, looking to go deep. This sounds just like me at age 22. You have no idea. What I would do if I were in your situation, well, if I were in that situation again, is start talking, even small talk to more people. Really simple fix there. Um, of course, that's easier said than done. But find connectors. 
the person who had the dinner party, for example, that you mentioned, befriend them. Even if you have to say something like, well, I feel I've been a little checked out since I've been here in the program. I really wanna change that. You seem to know everyone. You seem super friendly. Why, why don't you grab lunch with me and include another friend? And be sure to include the other friend. Don't skip out on that. So Otherwise, it could seem like a weird date or something a little bit too personal, too intimate. So include another friend and a little group lunch. Get to know those connectors. And after this, start your own platform and what I mean by that is invite people to your place for dinner or organize a lunch or something like that. And this platform will set you up as a connector. We talk about platforms in our social capital course uh, at length. But this platform will set you up as a connector and you can make up for lost time. So don't worry about that. Another concept in social capital is making up for lost time uh, in terms of creating connections and networking. And as for being a friendship snob, this also just reminds me so much of me that it hurts. The good news is that you can simply decide to not do this anymore. This friendship snobbery, this, oh, I haven't met people high level enough. This is a defense mechanism, nothing more. It's great to surround yourself with superstars, but it's not great to try to pretend you're doing that at the expense of having any friends at all. And you can get to know as many people as you can and simply bubble the best ones to the top and keep those people close. It doesn't mean shunning everyone else. So making sure you're surrounded with great people doesn't mean shunning everybody who doesn't fit some imaginary kind of standard that you're creating on the fly to protect yourself from actually having to make friends, put yourself out there and be vulnerable and possibly face rejection. So remember this, it's a defense mechanism and the sooner you realize this, the quicker you can break it and get to work. Hope y'all enjoyed that. Don't forget you can email us Friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. A link to the show notes for this episode can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF90. And also don't forget about the Art of Charm Challenge. You can text CHARMED, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D to 33444 here in the States or just go to theartofcharm.com. We're gonna take you step-by-step step on becoming better at making personal, professional connections a la our last question here, becoming a better networker for uh, professional reasons, personal reasons. Increase your personal social capital, your charisma, and it's for both guys and gals, so check that out. Again, you can text CHARMED, C-H-A-R-M-E-D to 33444 here in the U.S. or anywhere else. Just go to theartofcharm.com. And by the way, I do a lot of speaking these days. I just got done training a bunch of uh, the Second Ranger Battalion uh, at Fort Lewis up in Washington, uh, doing a lot of special forces, special operations stuff, and corporate speaking. So if you're interested in that, reach out to me here, Jordan at theartofcharm.com. Dot com, and we'll see what we can do. Quick shout out to Ian Fisher, shipping off to Africa with the Peace Corps. Pretty cool. I don't even know if you're going to hear this. Maybe you're already gone and disconnected. And Patrick in Ghana. Patrick's just working in Ghana. Why not? You guys are globetrotters. Are you in a strange land listening to my familiar voice? If so, hit me up. I'd love to shout you out here. More from AOC at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camps. We run those every week here in LA. If you really want to dig into this stuff and work on your AOC skills with us as your coaches, check out bootcamp.theartofcharm.com. Give us a call. Give us an email. Whatever you need. Now stay charming. Get out there and connect and leave everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and more at theartofcharmpodcast.com.